Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. To discuss the pursuit of godliness today. Amen? Somebody say godliness. I think a lot of us have a particular picture or person in mind um, when we think of godliness, you know, and what does that exactly mean to us as believers? Um, so my, my scripture reference today is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3 through 11, but let's, um, let's jump to 1 Timothy chapter 4 first. So um, if you have, does anybody have Bibles, need Bibles? Um, please raise your hands and you can, and also the kids can be dismissed. <laughs> If, okay, no, no kids today. Okay, um, so if you have these Bibles, turn to page 643, or if you have another Bible, electronic Bible, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. And I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version. It says, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So here we see that godliness is, a lot of us, we spend time working on our you know, physical bodies, not me recently, but some of us in here that spend time working on our physical bodies. Um, and we try to eat right, we try to eat healthy. And, but here Paul is saying to us, saying to Timothy um, in chapter eight that bodily training is of some value, but the ultimate value is godliness and training in godliness. So what does this mean? Um, godliness is important to the Christian walk. Um, so prayerfully, through this message, we can introduce the, you know, we can talk about the biblical concept of godliness as true lifelong pursuit uh, and assignment for Christians. So godliness is just not a, an, an option for Christians. It's not, a, 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 an, it's not an option. It's not something that we can choose to do, but it's an, a command uh, of God to pursue godliness and to um, be godly. Amen. Um, so we let's jump to let's jump to our scripture of reference. So first Timothy to so turn the page. Uh, first Timothy chapter six, verse three. And I'll read. Um, I start at. Yeah. So I'll start at verse three and we will read through verse 11. And it says, if anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and depraved in youth, imagining that godliness is as a mean is a means of gain, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many things. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. 
Amen. So I want to focus on the last parts. It says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and, and faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Um, so we have to, um, so I think, so I think as a, a lot of us as Christians, we underestimate this call of godliness and what exactly, what it exactly means. Um, in second Timothy, um, chapter, chapter three, verse five is, um, Paul says, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power, avoid such people. So here we see that you can have a form of godliness or you can have true godliness as we talk about here in first Timothy. Um, we have to, we need to guard ourselves from being like these people that Paul is referring to that where we have an idea of godliness and a form of godliness, people that are seemingly walking with God and seemingly walking in righteousness and holiness, but in their hearts, they're far from him. Amen. So what does godliness mean? So if we look, remember in Genesis, when God created man and woman, he created us in his image, right? So what does that mean? What does it mean to be in the image of Christ? Does it mean that we look in the image of God? Does it mean that we look like God? Does it mean we act like God? But it simply means that we should be a reflection of God's glory, right? So we are the image of God. So when we walk through this earth, when we walk through uh, life, we should be reflecting the glory and the goodness of God. Amen. So in, in 2 Timothy chapter five, when he, chapter three, when he talks about people having the form of, a form of godliness, he's talking about religion, right? So having, having a form of godliness without real power is called religion. You know, so when we show up to church, when we when we have these ideas of godliness, when we you know we try to put on um, when we try to put on for others, when we try to okay, this is right, this is wrong, that is called religion. But godliness is power, you know. So having religion, having faith, and coming to church and doing all these things without experiencing the trueness of God. And, and, without, and without experiencing the godliness is called religion. Um, you can look religious. You can uh, use religious vocabulary. We all, know the, we all know the words. We all know the Christianese. Um, you can carry a Bible, but you can still be devoid of God's power. Amen? Um, godliness is always associated with power. Um, many, many of us go to, go, to year, go to church for years. I know uh, we've been to church since we were young, and now we're old, some of us. Um, and, and yet we, and yet we can, we can do all these and not be changed. And still we're not being transformed into the image of God, you know, and we're still looking more like the world than we are looking like God. Um, so to be, so, so to be in the vicinity of God and not have the power, um, is called religion. Um, so God in the, so True godliness has power, has the power of God attached to it. That's one key that we should think about today, that true, true godliness comes with power. You know, um, it comes with uh, ability to resist, resist, resist temptation. It comes with the ability to um, live a life, of right, to resist sin, to live a sin-free life, to live in truth, to not lie, to not um, be deceptive, to not uh, treat our neighbors uh, unjustly to fight for justice, to do all these things. Godliness comes with that power. Amen. Godliness comes with boldness. Um, so, so, so a lot of times we use the things of God to pacify. So I think about, um, like a, like a baby with a pacifier. 
right? So a lot of times, so baby uses a pacifier to um, comfort themselves. If they're crying, they comfort their suckling pacifier. They're not crying anymore. Um, so I think a lot of us uses, use the things of God. We come to church to pacify our guilt, right? We come to church and say, okay, I did my godly duty for the week. I, um, I prayed tonight. So I did my godly duty for the week. I feel good. I feel great. Um, so it provides comfort. But like a baby pacifier, it, it, it provides no nourishment. It gives no energy. It gives no sustenance for you to, to, to carry on and live through life. So I think a lot of us, you be use the things of God as um, to comfort us and not to truly nourish us. Amen. So it's not impacting us. We're not dwelling on the word of God and we're not um, seeking the face of God to nourish us, but we're seeking the face of God to comfort us and to satisfy our mind and satisfy our spirits. Say, okay, I did my thing today. Um, it gives us a sense of fulfillment, but it doesn't really fill us. Amen. We fall into religion. Godliness is not an event you attend and leave unchanged. So as we're pursuing godliness in Christ, we're pursuing the things of God, we're pursuing God himself, we should be changed. Our life should be changed. Godliness is not just an event, it's not a time, it's not a come to the altar moment, it's not a come to Jesus moment, but it's a lifestyle. It continually reflects the nature of God. Um, so if you think about, yeah, so we talked about, if we think about Genesis, God created us in, in his image so that we should reflect God's glory on the earth. So we like, we should be like little mirrors, you know? Um, so we should be like little mirrors as we talk to people, as we encounter people and encounter life, we should be reflecting back to God and we should be reflecting the characteristics of God. Amen? You guys with me so far? A godly, a godly person, a person walking in godliness walks, lives in the light of God's presence. So that's key number one. I should have put this down. So godly person lives in the light of God's presence. So think about if you're driving, um, let's say you're driving on the highway, right? And you're doing, you're not doing the speed limits. Let's say you're 65, you're going 85. And then a cop um, comes out of nowhere and starts following behind you. What do you do? You're going to automatically slow down, right? You're going to do the speed limit. And but as soon as the cop leaves, <clears throat> you're going to, you might be inclined to go back up to 85 or Whatever you, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Um, excuse me. So that's the same image. So, so the person driving in the car is living in the light of the police officer, right? So as Christians, we should be living in the light of God so that we should always be sensitive and acknowledge that the presence of God is with us and is, he's there so that so, so we're not living life that, okay, I'm in church, I'm going to act right, I'm going to do things while I'm around the, children, around the things of God, I'm going to live a certain way, but then when I, when I don't acknowledge that God is there, we, are tended, we're, we tend to stray into sin, we tend to stray into the things of the world, amen? So that's why, so when we, so we need to live in the light of God's presence continually. So we need to acknowledge, even when you're, uh, when you're sinning, when you are living right, quote unquote, when you are driving, when you are speaking to your kids, speaking to your spouses, God is continually there. And to live in true godliness, we need to acknowledge that God is constantly with us. Amen. So that 
we don't ever stray in our minds to think, to think, okay, I can do what I do what I can do, and God's not going to notice this at this moment. But God is always there. God is always present, and um, we need to acknowledge God's presence. Amen. And that's also through worship, right? A lot of times we go through the week, and um, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. We wait till Sunday to come together and worship God, right? But we don't. We sometimes we don't acknowledge God throughout the week. You know, we can go weeks, we can go days, we can go hours without without spending some time to worship God and say, you know, God, you're great, you're you're worthy, you're awesome at this moment because God is present at that moment also. Amen. So godliness is acknowledging the presence of God. He's continually there. Amen. Um. God's presence. Amen. So we are so we are living. So our, our life will start to show evidence of that. Right. So we don't we don't speak a certain way. We don't uh, act a certain way. We don't do certain things because we are acknowledging that God is there. Right. So our, our life will start reflecting. So same with the police officer. Once you start seeing the cop, you know, behind you, your life, your, your actions start to change. Your moves start to change. The way you approach, you know, the way you do things start to change. You start to realize that this guy is, that this police officer is here and I could be pulled over. So as same with God, we, our life should be changed. You know, we shouldn't drive the, once we acknowledge that God is there, we're not going to drive the same. We're not going to act the same. We're not going to do the same things. Amen. Um, also, another point is that scripture needs to direct our ideas and opinions. <coughs> I'm sorry. Y'all pray for me. I have this cold, this uh, cough that just doesn't want to go away. Mm. Amen. So we live in a day. Um, so scripture needs to direct our ideas and our opinions. I think a lot of us, we take our ideas and opinions. I know it's, it's, it's hard. Uh, we, we live in a, we take our ideas and opinions from the things of the world. Uh, we live in a, in a day uh, of hyper political climate, right? Amen. So everything is left. Everything is left or is right. It's either, you know, this or that. But we need to, as believers, we need to, instead of looking at things from a political or worldly perspective, we need to direct our ideas and our opinions based on scriptures and based on the word of God. Um, let's jump to, uh, we talk, let's jump to first Timothy chapter four. Uh, we're there now. Um, and it says, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit expressly, expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. So here we need to see that, that we need to bathe and clothe our minds in the things in the scriptures because there are people that's trying to deceive us. You know, the enemy, the devil himself is trying to deceive us and trying to pull us here, pull us there. Um, into the, in, in Paul used the word of doctrine, the teachings of demons, you know, the, the deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. He's lurking. He's, he, we need to resist them and guard our minds and with the truth of God's word, you know? So I think a lot of times we get sensitized or we get, yeah, we get sensitized to the things of the world and ideas of the world. Um, you know, like, uh, especially nowadays, like we have this hyper-political, so we can find ourselves being sensitized to, um, uh, desensitized to the value of unborn life and to the gender identity and these things that we can find ourselves compromising with and we can find ourselves 
in a place where we okay, we're kind of okay with the sins and the, and the things of the world because it kind of fits our political um, mind frame. Amen. Amen. You guys are mighty quiet today, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, so, so point number two that scripture needs to direct our ideas and opinions. So, we, in order to live a godly life. We first need to acknowledge that God is always present, constantly present. And number two is that we, Scripture needs to direct our ideas and our opinions. So ideas and our opinions and, and the way and ideas and our opinions should be bathed and clothed in the things of God. So we should be thinking, okay, what does God think about this situation? What does God think about this, this, uh, this bill? What does God think about this, um, this law, this legislation? What does God think about um, the way I, you know, the things that's going on in your job, what does God think about that? And rather than letting uh, uh, the outside world and letting people tell us what to think. Amen? Um, worldliness is also the opposite of godliness. So we're still in second, we're still in Timothy, but let's go to second Timothy. Um, chapter two. Are you guys getting something so far? We're getting a little understanding of godliness. Uh, chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth, but avoid irreverent, irreverent babble, for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. Um, so do your best to present yourself approved, as a worker, not need to be ashamed. But in verse 16, it says, but avoid irreverent babble for it will lead people into more and more ungodliness. So do we, so I think, and I think we find ourselves indulging in irreverent babble, you know, and we find ourselves just indulging in the things of the world. So irreverent babble just simply means things that doesn't benefit you, right? And things that, uh, that disregards God. So the, the music we listen to, the, the TV we watch, you know, the, the, the social media that we on, all of these things are pointing us away from the things of God. You know, um, all these things are meant and designed to distract you from the things of God. So worldliness is a mindset that, that leaves God out, the, out of the equation. Right. So these things leave God and design to uh, pervert the Christian mind to say, OK, I can live my life void of God. I can live my life without God. So, so we wonder why, I, I, I know with me, a lot of times I find myself in a place of where my faith is low and my joy is low and my peace is low. And I realize that a lot of times it's just because I'm feeding myself with all these things, right? So I spend week, I spend, you know, um, as we spend the whole, so we have, we have our jobs, we have uh, our commute and all these things that are designed to influence us with the world, and then we still pump more of the world in ourselves, you know, through the music, through the TV. I spend hours watching, uh, what, what show I'm watching this week? Ozark, right? I was, I'm watching Ozark, and <laughs> so I'm spending hours watching Ozark, and, and, and I'm, re- and I'm, I'm in, a, in a place where, like, all right, my, my faith is low. Why? Because I'm pumping myself with the things that says, all right, you don't need God, right? You can have a life without God. You can do all these things. None of these things is pointing me towards God. So, um, so in difficult, in difficult times, what is going to come forth? you know, what's going to come out of us is the thing that we pump, pump into ourselves and the thing that we, we influence ourselves with. So when times are rough, when money's low, 
when um, bills are piling up, when the kids are not acting up, what's going to come out of us is what we, feed, what we keep constantly feeding ourselves. And a lot of times we constantly feed ourselves the things of the world, you know? So what's going to come out in those times are things of the world and not godliness. Um, uh, so like, um, you've never been in a situation where you get startled real quick um, and, <laughs> and, and it's like, at that moment, you know, the words and the, the things that been, um, that you've been feeding yourself, right? You, you're tempted to use a cuss word. You're tempted to use, uh, a word that, you know, that might not be glorifying at that moment. And I wonder why. It's not that you use the word on a regular basis, but you listen to it. You feed yourself. You feed yourself these things, right? The why you smile. I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> uh, so th- just be careful, be, be, be guarded in what you allow yourself to, um, to what you feed yourself, what you feed your, feed your spirit, man, because these things will drive us away from the things of God. Amen? Um, you cannot have God's blessings without cultivating godliness. So in our, in our primary scripture, um, first in verse, uh, let's go back to First Timothy chapter six. Um, so in verse eight, it says, uh, in verse six, I'm sorry, it says, but with but godliness with contentment is great gain, um, for we brought nothing into this world and we cannot take nothing out of this world. So and let's also jump back to First Timothy chapter four, verse eight. And it says, so for while bodily training is of some value, godliness of, is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So here we see that godliness, true blessings from God, comes from cultivating godliness, right? So we can't have true blessings from God. I know we have common grace, we have common blessings that God pours out on us, but true blessing and godliness, true blessings come through godliness. Um, so we, instead of coming to God for, um, so a, t- a lot of times we come to church, we come to here for, a, for a blessing, but that we, but the problem with that is that we don't also expect to be godly. You know, we don't also expect equally want to be godly. Godliness is the foundation of blessings. So God blesses the godly. God blesses the people that are pursuing him that are pursuing the things of God. Um, so in, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, we can, we can see the, the list of things where if you're not pursuing godliness, what happens, right? So in, in verse 8, it says, so if we're not pursuing godliness, this is what happens. Uh, verse 9, it says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So a lot of times we seek the blessings, right? We seek, the, we seek God's gifts and we seek God's um, provisions, but we don't seek God himself. And what this leads us into, into a, a circle and a trap of pursuing the things of this world, pursuing riches and pursuing uh, finances, pursuing stability, whatever, whatever these things represent. But godliness should be, godliness with contentment trumps all of this stuff, Right? So if we are pursuing godliness with contentment that I'm, I'm walking in righteousness, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, you know, I'm reading my scriptures, I'm following God, I'm worshiping God, but also I'm content wherever he puts me, 
that is what brings great gain. And that whether I find myself high, whether I find myself low, I can be content in the things of God, and I can be content, and that brings great gain um, to my life, and that allows God to bless you. Um, the attitude should not be, okay, let me be more religious, or let me be more, uh, let me act more godly so, I can, so God can give me more money, but true godliness comes from pursuing God, and pursuing righteousness, and pursuing the things of God. Um, so money is not the problem. Loving it and longing for it is where the issue is. So once we start putting money and start putting stability and all these things above God, that's where it becomes a problem. That's when it becomes that's where it becomes idolatry, and that's when it becomes um, uh, an issue for us. And so contentment is a way. Contentment is the way to enjoy the things of God while pursuing godliness. You know, so we're not. We're not looking for more riches. We're not looking for more things of God, but we are simply looking for more of God. Amen. Lack of contentment will stifle godliness, but the presence of contentment with the pursuit of godliness will give you a a great, a great uh, reward. It'll give you a great profit. Godliness, in essence, is the pursuit of God. So let's pursue him like never before. So as as a church, as our um, as a church, as Christ, individual Christians, we need to pursue God like never before, um, especially in, the, in, in these trying times where everything is pointing us away from God. Right. And it's getting very confusing. It's getting very hard to to pursue God. But we need to pursue him, pursue the things of him like never before. Amen. Amen. Um, that's all I have for today. I know it's pretty, pretty quick. Um, but yeah, so let's pray. Father, we thank you. We glorify you. Uh, we thank you for the call to be godly. We thank you for your grace to walk in this and to walk it out and to understand you more and to know you more and know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.